we're surfing down a wave sideways and the boat is like completely tipped over. And there's like probably two meter waves. And it's just like our dinghy's like hopping from wave to wave behind us. So a dinghy's like a little car that you pull behind your boat so you can like get places. And it's like jumping waves. That's how big the waves were. And I look at Connor and his face is just like lit up, like thrilled. And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> Learning how to get everything working, getting the sails up. And then we, we bring our friends along every now and then. I feel bad because it's like, they don't know what to expect and we don't know what we're doing. And they're just assuming that we do. And then they get seasick or then like something happens and yeah. Oh yeah, we almost sunk the dinghy last weekend. Hello crazy, lots of beer learning curve. <laughs> Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on the road adventurers and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. Hey. What? Do you remember when we first thought about moving into the RV? Oh, yeah, that was a long time ago. Well, it wasn't that long ago, but like just thinking of... Two like, and a half years? The, no, about three years or so when we first started thinking Thinking about it. about it. When we started thinking about how we could do it and how we could like rent our house out or how we could actually, you know, cut back on jobs and I could quit my job and how we could, wait, you can actually live in an RV? Like that was something that was so strange and foreign to us because when we camped, we never even thought about an RV. That's true. I mean, the closest we came was our little pop-up that we had for a minute. Yeah, but we didn't even like live in that. We barely even went camping in we that We barely thing. camped with We that camped in that in the wintertime. I know, we were stupid. We did it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Those things are made for summertime. And we we take it up to A Basin and go minus 10 degrees. Yeah, this sounds like a good idea in a pop-up. <laughs> so what we were talking about is like our first thoughts <laughs> of moving into an RV. And actually what got us starting thinking of that was just being overworked and overstressed and um, yeah. just ready for the next, you know, the typical cliche chapter of our life. But it was... It was to it's totally true, though. But what got started, got us started thinking that was a podcast, like yep. somebody else doing it. And then you're like, wait a second, you can do this. You can live in an RV. So that's what I was thinking of when we um, talked to Danielle and Connor of Sailing Pivo, when they're thinking of living on a sailboat full time. That <laughs> sounds crazy. Yeah, especially <laughs> considered when they were thinking about it. Like they they knew nothing they, about sailing. They hadn't even gone sailing yet, really. And so, like, okay, we want to move onto a boat and sail around and live on a boat, but we don't know how to boat. We <laughs> don't know how to sail. Sail. Yeah. See? That's how much I know about it. But I don't want to give too much <laughs> away from them, though. But they no, kind of did the same similar thing. Like, Connor... Yeah. Connor was listening, like, they're YouTube fans, so he was watching a YouTube video and came across this couple. He'll tell you this, but he came across this couple who had been sailing. And so, like, got into his blood, basically, in his, like, soul. And then said, like, oh, we could do this. Oh, that's deep, man. But it did because he like didn't let it go. his soul. He just, like, somebody reached yeah. in there and said, so, yeah, I'm taking you. It, Made it, a deal with the devil. You, you should explain <laughs> to our listeners, like, how I'm looking at you. No, she kind of is looking at me like the devil. No, <laughs> no, I actually was seeing, thinking about whether I should or shouldn't remember Bill Cosby at this moment. 
and her eyes glowed red and she her head peeled back. And it's really funny. And then it's like, it sucks to think, gosh, I shouldn't like Bill Cosby now because he's a jerk. And you yeah. could see the steam rising out of her ears. Before Kenny interrupted. And her skull started peeling back. Oh, sorry. I don't, I don't know where to go with that. You <laughs> fuck me up all the time on this shit. So for like the last three minutes, I think I've been trying to tell you guys that we were talking to Danielle and Connor in New Zealand while we were in Utah. That's the other cool thing is they're like not on there yet. They're Well, actually, they're going to be living full time on the sailboat when this is released. Talk about timing. Right. If right? you're listening to this, they're on the boat. But did we mention that they like craft beer? <laughs> <laughs> Latest breaking news out of left field. <laughs> And did you hear love, the one about craft beer? And they love their dog. That's why it's called Sailing Pivo, because their dog's name is Pivo. And did you also know, oh, I'm giving away all the stuff from the podcast. You were, like, spoiling the entire... I think. Don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> just listen to the first 10 minutes of April's Cliff Notes of the podcast. <laughs> and then, yeah, you just save yourself some wonderful time, because they're amazing, and they were fun, and they actually talked about a lot of things Yeah. in addition to sailing. Sailing, beer. <laughs> Nomadic life, entrepreneurial skills. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they're like worldwide travelers, too. So um, I guess we maybe should just introduce them. So, yes, here's Connor (laughs) and Danielle from Sailing Pivo. And here's to the, like, coolest friggin' New Year's resolution kind of thing, like, ever. Yeah. Moving on to a sailboat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 2021. Here comes Sailing Pivo. This is how we start a podcast. Oh, wait, no, I have to use the right wow. bottle opener. <laughs> we have Deschutes Jubal Ale because we are just um, visiting Deschutes. In... Oh, nice. Nice pour. And you guys have... <laughs> yeah, the Parrot Dog um, IPA called Bitter Bitch. And I have an APA called Falcom. And Bitter Bitch... Yep, bitter bitch. <laughs> so we thought we'd do these ones rather than there's a bunch of political uh, themed beers that have come out lately in New Zealand. Oh <laughs> uh, I bet there's some good ones. We'll have to talk about that. Uh, Let's start this off okay. officially. Yeah, so, okay, yeah, cheers. With the cheers from around the globe. Yeah, because we're talking with Danielle and Connor from Sailing Pivo, and they're in New Zealand, and we're in Utah. Yeah, love technology yeah. for that at least. Oh yeah. I know. Clear video, it's great. <laughs> it's nice. So I, I gotta ask right away though, you mentioned the political themed beers that seem really prevalent down there. Now are these politically themed about New Zealand's government? Or is it going uh, somewhere where I I'm assuming you're targeting <laughs> us? The US. Yeah. US. Yep. yeah. <laughs> there's one called Dump the Trump. Um, it's, it's a good beer actually. <laughs> and then there's one that uh, Trump got dumped. That's the other beer. Okay. Um, but there's actually a couple around the uh, marijuana referendum as well. So like uh, a bunch of like I forget the names of them, but they're all like hazy beers that are yeah yeah. Oh, hazy is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, everybody's got an opinion about American politics here. So oh, yes. quite a few beers. Like yeah. yeah. Oh, I have friends um, in Kenya too who definitely like to send me their opinions about American politics, and another friend in um, outside of London who'll send me opinions on it too. So it's <laughs> yeah. kind of great. I like looking forward to those opinions to see what somebody else is saying about it from other countries. 
<laughs> yeah, well, it gets it gets a bit old. We do like the diversity of opinions, but it gets old fast. So yeah, I bet. <laughs> so on that note, if it's wait, where are you gonna go on now? I was gonna say if it's getting old, we should just get off of it. I was gonna get off of it. Okay, go. <laughs> so I was <laughs> we're just gonna go get on a boat, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are down in New Zealand, but yeah, you are both from America, from the United States, I should say. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so I'm from you... the deep south of the U.S., so uh, North Carolina. I was born in Florida, but grew up on the East Coast. And Connor's from Utah. Yeah, I grew up in Utah, but we were living in Colorado before we came out. Yeah, um, we actually met in Ukraine. We were serving in Peace Corps together. Oh wow! So, yeah, <laughs> we've been all over the world. <laughs> you're definitely globe trotters, man. That's cool. Yeah. So, how did you guys end up in New Zealand? Um. Well, we had uh, one-way tickets to Thailand. We were going to move to Bangkok and find a job there and, and start our lives there. Um, at the time, I was getting a master's in finance in Colorado, and an internship came up in New Zealand. Um, so I thought, okay, well, three months in New Zealand, and then we'll go to Thailand. You know, um, Came out here. We really liked it and ended up getting uh, permanent visas. Um, yeah. And then politics kind of took hold in the U.S. and we just thought it'd be good to stay away for a little yeah. while. Just kind of worked out. I don't know. Random train of events. And, uh, yeah. And how long have you been in New Zealand? Four years. Yeah, just yeah. over four years now. We arrived on August 31st, 2016. I don't know if you guys know this. I feel like we talked about this April, but we left the day after our wedding to come to be in New Zealand. Wow. <laughs> really bad. Way too much packing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you picked a good time to go because you kind of like, you couldn't have seen it coming, but I mean, New Zealand's been one of the better places in the world to be during this pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's been awesome that, I mean, it's kind of weird for 2020 to like have this giant pandemic happening. It's also like the year that our dream kind of came to life. So it's like this really weird, I don't know, conflict of thoughts and feelings. We did a podcast even that it was labeled 2020 doesn't suck. So it's that kind of idea. So many people are like, oh, 2020 just needs to get the hell away. Where's when's 2021? Like there's this magic clock that's gonna just erase yeah. everything once it hits January 1st, 2021. I don't think January one is gonna fix everything. <laughs> I think that's just another day. Yeah, Hopefully it's gonna go getting, on for a while. <laughs> Hopefully things are getting better by January one, but I don't think that's the magic bullet. <laughs> but that's one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you guys too, is you um, I mean, you didn't let I mean, there's crap going on in the world all the time. This crap right now is definitely something very, very different and unprecedented. <laughs> that word. But, Absolutely. Word. <laughs> yeah. but you guys didn't let that stop you from like proceeding with what you wanted to do. So I'm going to kind of back up a little bit and kind of just tell our listeners here. Like um, I met Danielle in Colorado, like you said, like six years ago. Um, yeah, 2014. Yeah, we were volunteering wow. together um, for an NGO. And then from there, we just kind of stayed in touch. And actually, here's another piece of history. In March, when all this shit was kind of hitting the fan, I remember you called me from New Zealand and you're asking me mm -hmm. like, wait, so what is this full-time life living like in an RV? Because we are thinking yeah. we live full-time on a sailboat. And <laughs> <laughs> that was a great conversation, actually. I took like notes and we talked it through and it was really good to like see kind of. Yeah, that was really helpful. Yeah, what is it? What's the like being a digital nomad, and um, what's that feel like? And it was it was really reassuring to me that you like two years later, even though like the emotional experience had started to change from that like honeymoon phase, that you still felt like it was like worthwhile. So yeah, we felt that was super helpful. Yeah, 
And so now it's um, I'm getting ready to be like December. It's November and December. And you guys just recently announced to the world, basically, that you're going full time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're not yeah. quite full time yet on a sailboat. But so tell us more about like maybe the thought processes behind it and like how you came up on thinking about sailing full time or how that works. And just, I don't know, give us a piece of your yeah. story. Yes, yeah, Connor, tell them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we kind of did a 180 in our plans. We were going to buy a house and start a family. We were trying to have kids, actually. And then, um, like, I got in a motorcycle accident a while back, and I hurt my foot, and I was just sitting on the couch watching TV. And there's a series called, like, Alternative Lifestyles on, um, just on a YouTube series. And so I started watching that, uh, just mindless TV. But then I stumbled upon a couple that, quit their jobs and, and bought a sailboat and they'd been traveling around the world for years. 12 years now. Yeah. Wow. And they were doing it on like a budget of like less than a thousand dollars a month. Um, and I was like, holy shit, how is that possible? <laughs> well, they don't drink a lot of craft beer, I'll tell you that. Yeah, they don't. No, <laughs> they don't drink beer at all actually, which is the only, only bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, how yeah. they do it. That's how they do it on a thousand dollars a month. Anyhow, sorry to interrupt, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <We're scared>. no. <laughs> so I watched it and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I didn't really think anything of it. And then I found myself like in the shower the next day thinking about it. And then like next night I had a dream about sailing. And then like I found myself just staring off into the bay watching sailboats and it just stuck in my head. I couldn't get it out. Well, okay, so then, I, so I was in India when all of this happened. I was um, doing a World Bank review for one of the projects that I'm on, and I'm very to walk into the meeting to like, I don't know, 100 different people, and I've got to like speak on behalf of my organization, and I'm like really nervous because I've never done this before. And Connor calls me out right before the meeting, and he's like, Danielle, we have to go sailing. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> he's like, we have to go. I feel compelled. And I was like, uh, I'm already walking to this big meeting. What are you talking about? He's like, no. He's like, this is actually not optional. Like, we have to go. And like, there was something about the tone of his voice where like, I kind of knew he was serious. Like, you can kind of just tell. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, this is like, this is real, you know? So I like walking into this meeting and I'm like, just thinking about sailing the whole time. <laughs> so this was you knew this wasn't just a sail around the around the harbor or something this was we need to really go sailing <laughs> yeah well then when i got back we went to the u.s for a month and we were traveling separately and i told connor i'll think about it for this month and by the time we get back we'll decide whether or not we're doing this and i got back and i knew we had to do this like i just knew I, like i got the same kind of compelling feeling that connor had and then we were like full on started pursuing it so yeah wow so have you sailed before? Was this something you knew how to do? Have that? Okay, you can't. No, wait, I, have to, I have to tell our listeners because it is a podcast, but we see them on video. But like their first initial reaction was like no. heads were shaking. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we did. I grew up in um, Florida for a while, so we I did have boats. Um, like when I was living my cousins, but not a sailboat. So what was the learning curve on that? Uh, it's it's still, it's still a learning it's still, curve. So we got this idea a year and a half ago, roughly. It's still learning so much. Um, I don't know. I've always enjoyed like being on the water. Um, didn't really sail before, but as soon as we got the idea, I signed up for lessons, and then we chartered a boat uh, for a week um, and just got really got into it. And yeah, now we watch all sorts of YouTube channels for sailing, which really got us hooked. Yeah, uh, we're reading books, you know, about different adventures and stuff. 
I will just say one thing for anyone who's like thinking about this idea and they want to think of a way to pursue it. A lot of people will tell you you can't learn on YouTube and that's absolute bullshit. Like there's a lot of really good things that we've picked up on YouTube and like just by watching like vlogging to be honest. And it's it's totally useful. Like we've picked up little tips about how to anchor and how to like put your head still up or whatever and it's just like you can totally learn that way. People are wrong when they tell you, you can't. So, yeah. But so now you're taking that advice and learning from it and putting your, um, I guess, like your experiences and your mistakes and all the things up there for everybody else to see. So hopefully I'm assuming that they so will they do can the learn same from thing. You. Yeah, so now they're learning from you. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. reminds me, we should put a disclaimer out that we really don't know what we're doing. <laughs> so, true. So far, but it's always come back to the morning. But it didn't actually start out very well when we first got the boat like the very first day we went to take it out we um we dropped the mooring which is like the line that like holds your boat in the parking space and the engine like immediately died and i don't think i've experienced panic like that in like at least a decade yeah, so <laughs> like, drifting towards the rocks yeah untied <laughs> the boat immediately died and it's you know a sixteen thousand pound boat just slowly yeah. drifting towards rocks and there's yeah. nothing you can do to stop it um, and then our anchor was like tied up so we couldn't like throw it down to stop the boat and then we went to look for a knife to cut the line we didn't know where a knife was because we were so excited about sailing we didn't locate anything so did you guys hit the rocks or like no we finally we tried everything and finally got the engine to restart but we were pretty close it was scary yeah. <laughs> so we tied up again and just opened a beer and just Okay. <laughs> Wait, you can ask it, but that was going to be my next question is how many beers did it take for you to calm down after this? I, we, yeah, no, we were panic. Yeah. I think we were like, I personally was like high off the adrenaline for like three days afterwards because there was so much adrenaline pumping. It was crazy. So yeah. What were you going to No, I was just curious. Like, I mean, maybe at that point you didn't even know, but like if you drifted off and hit those rocks or is it like a worry that like you're going to, like crack the hole of the boat or something so that like it's a big yeah play on some water i mean it would probably would have just been, there'd be damage and you probably would have hit the rocks and laid on its side we'd have to call coast guard to pull us off or something oh, you probably yeah. wouldn't have been too so, bad I don't know. Um, so it's more along the lines of i always mess it up the cat that you know runs right into the the screen door whatever the window <laughs> and the cat's like running and he runs right into the screen door and he like acts all cool and runs you know like all cool i meant to do that i meant to do that and then runs behind the couch and you're like fucking meow and you're so embarrassed <laughs> yeah yeah and part of like the hardest part i think about learning sailing you can learn how to sail pretty easily and you can take a boat out pretty easily it's learning how to handle those emergencies it's just the hardest part because you have to like learn to react really fast and i would say communication has been the hardest thing because we we disagree how to deal with things and when that moment happens like my instinct was like drop the anchor but connor was like we should go restart the engine and we because we disagreed we went and did our own things but i mean now i'm learning because i he's the captain i have to listen to the captain i'm not very good at listening because i'm a very strong woman but like we have to like learn these communication things and how to figure out these emergencies and I think that's definitely the hardest part. I mean, I, I still think we're co-captains. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> she just kissed him on the cheek. <laughs> no, that's a good thing to know, though, because, I mean, truly, like, if you're out on a boat and you have, you know, just a few moments to make a decision, somebody has to be able to take the lead in that situation. And it, mm -hmm. And it's not a, 
I'm the man or I'm the woman or whatever. It's just, you know, whoever you guys decide together should be the one to take the lead on that. And yeah. so that you don't stand there arguing until, oh, okay, now we're on the rocks. Now what do we do? <laughs> you know? I would say, like, it's very similar yeah. to the RV kind of life in a way that you're starting out on something new that you've never really done before. So if there's a lot of people out there who want to just full-time travel, so whether you're traveling in an RV and living in an RV or on a sailboat or just the entire nomad life where you don't really have a home base, like every piece of it's going to take some learning and some knowledge. And then you're going to have to yeah. figure out those emergencies and dude, I don't think you ever quit learning though. No. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's part of the attraction really. Like we've had to learn about, you know, the electronics and how to be an electrician basically yeah. plumbing, <laughs> Diesel engines, like we've learned so much about diesel engines, it's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Most of us, yeah, most of us don't grow up with diesel engine cars. I mean, that's more common now, I think. But yeah, things like that. I know living in the RV, it's like when things go haywire when you're out in the middle of nowhere, you just have to figure it out. And you guys are, you know, you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere a lot in the water. And mm -hmm. you're gonna have to rely on each other and just figure it out, at least enough yeah. to get to somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so walk us through a little bit of like how you're gonna live, because how you're gonna live full time on a sailboat. Do you are you gonna have a home base? Do you have a place that you're always on your boat, or like how does that kind of? You're gonna float around in the Atlantic Ocean or yeah. the Pacific Ocean, like a and... hundred days on end. <laughs> Well, one of the misconceptions about sailing is that you spend all of your time like sailing, but 90% of your time is spent on land um, because boats break all the time. Like you're just constantly fixing shit. And that's something that people should just be aware of. Like you're always fixing stuff and you spend very little time actually sailing, but we're kind of starting that out, aren't we? Yeah. So the, the plan is we're going to we just quit our jobs. So in January, we'll move on full time. And um with the sailboat, we have like 90 meters of chain, which if you're not a sailor, doesn't mean too much. But basically, we can go anywhere and drop an anchor and, and just stay there for a week. Um, well, most places. Yeah. yeah. So the, the plan is we're going to move on and just go around all the little islands and just spend a week here, spend a week there, and just slowly make your way down south um, to the tip of the South Island and then all the way back up north. Uh, that'll probably take four or five months. Um, and then by then, we'll, we should be experienced enough that we can try to go up to Tonga or Fiji or, or over to Australia. Yeah, it's um, a bit COVID dependent now because, of course, the borders. Yeah. So, like, worst case scenario, we just stay here for another year and go sailing around. But we're being we're trying to be pretty flexible and not think too far ahead because, like, yeah, there's a lot of now stuff that we need to deal with. So, yeah. So you're getting ready to take your first did I know uh, listen to this right your first big passage like over Christmas yeah we're probably over planning for this but we're going to Great Bear Island for Christmas which is like a 60 nautical mile sail so what 60 times 1.8 120 100 kilometers or yeah I can't do it in miles but kilometers about 100 okay okay so, so it doesn't sound that far but it's, well. <laughs> it's, it's like boat, hours approximately to how sail many, there how many hours 10 hours Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's funny though. Like we've been planning for 10, 20 hours, and we probably like over prepare. Like we're pretty safety conscious. Um, but we just had a friend that went there, and she was like, "Yeah, it took me four hours." I'm like, "How did it take you four hours?" <laughs> so we might be over planning, but well, we'll see. I think they had a motor. No, they had a sailboat. No. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so do you are you going to keep um your house or apartment that you have right now and then just kind of still are you totally going to be living in the boat totally on the boat yeah, yeah totally on the boat and that's kind of a funny thing because when we left denver to come to um thailand and then new zealand we had like you know connor's parents nearby so we were able to like unload some stuff that we wanted to keep with them but this time around, we actually don't have anyone to unload stuff with. Like we have friends, but most of them are like in the same position that we are where they've got like apartments they're renting and they wouldn't want to be holding a lot of suitcases. And also housing is pretty small and cramped in New Zealand. So like you don't really have like a lot of extra space to store stuff. So we're having to like clear out everything. And it is a really emotionally weird experience. Like we can't keep anything. So yeah. It's emotional, but because we went through a lot of the same thing because we do still own a house in Denver, but we rent it out. So it's not ours to store everything at. And we didn't really want to just store everything for somewhere down the road. Cause, mm -hmm. but when you pare down, it, it's weird. It is emotional when you're doing it. Cause you're like, Oh, I gotta, you're trying to let go of that, that thing that you have, whatever it is. But at the same time, once you let go of it and start moving around, it's like kind of a freeing thing. And then as you progress down the road, as you guys, and I think you guys will probably see this because you, you strike me this way, but as you guys move around, you'll probably be like, I uh, don't even think of it. And then a year later, you'll be like, huh, I remember that thing. And yeah, that book I wanted to keep or that, you know, that trophy or the whatever, you know, it's like, you don't even miss it anymore. Yeah, for me it's clothes. I'm gonna miss yeah. my clothes. <laughs> I the the first time I pared down my closet, it was easy. I'm like, oh, why the hell do I still have this? Like it was just like gone, <laughs> gone, gone. The second time I did it, as it got a little bit closer, it was a little bit harder. I was like, okay, I have three black skirts. I really don't need three. I can get rid of <laughs> one. And then the next time, it was just like, I, I what? I have to, I don't even know how to get rid of anything anymore. And I still had to because. I mean, you guys have a smaller space than we do, and we're in an actually pretty small RV with 24 feet. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, clothes are Our space is bigger. Ours is 40 feet. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a big boat. It's not like a small boat. It's an ocean going boat. We wouldn't get any smaller if we were going to cross an ocean. So, yeah. Yeah, I have a different approach, I think, for getting rid of stuff. I mean, it's not so emotional for me. If, it, if it's valuable, you sell it. If it's not, you donate it. Um, you just move on. <laughs> like, it's, it's really freeing to, to get rid of everything. Like, when we moved here four years ago, we had just a couple of backpacks. And That's true. And Although, to be fair, so for anyone who can't see Connor, he is six foot eight, so he's really tall. So nobody wants his stuff. So yeah. we're actually going to put his. <laughs> I, I don't know if you get. <laughs> Makes it easy. Yeah. Well, we're going to like throw his stuff in a suitcase and see if maybe we can get one person from one suitcase with his stuff. So he's not actually getting rid of his stuff. <laughs> okay. So Connor, you would not fit in our RV. <laughs> well, you know, no, you'd have right to like now. bend over. How is it in yeah. the boat? Oh, I don't fit there either. He doesn't fit. Uh, <laughs> I spend most of my time in the cockpit so I can like stand up and stretch. <laughs> yeah. So the rest but. of the time you'll be on hands and knees just crawling around the boat. And so <laughs> when you're inside. Yeah. Or yeah. you'll be on deck where you can spread. <laughs> yeah. Or if I have a few beers, I'll be crawling around on the deck. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the okay. life of a sailor. <laughs> Um, we actually do have some more questions for you guys. So actually, first of all, you quit your job. You guys both yeah. quit your jobs. Um, yeah, how the hell are you going to make money? <laughs> <laughs> Very good question. <laughs> we have uh, savings to cover our living experience expenses for two years. 
And um, we did our research and YouTube takes about two years to break even. So we're going to produce videos for YouTube. Um, and actually, to be honest, I think it's a skill that we both just want to develop anyways. Like, it's really fun. Like, you tell us, like, story and you learn how to fill it in and stuff like that. And then we might, like, do some side, like, consultancy jobs or something like that, like write articles for um, travel or sailing magazines. But we're really hoping YouTube will make it um, and break us even. But I don't think we – we're not – trying to plan super far out because I don't think we know if this is going to work or not. And we're kind of okay with that. Like, what if we don't like sailing? What if like the big storms scare the crap out of us and we want to like come home? Like we're trying not to get too attached to it working out because it would be really disappointing if it didn't. Um, so we're just kind of trying to just really enjoy while we are enjoying it. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As long as it's fun, we'll do it. And, I mean, we saved enough and we got a boat that's, in okay condition that we should be good for one to two years. Yeah. Assuming nothing goes wrong, we don't end up on the rocks. But. Yeah, and 2020 <laughs> was really good to us in terms of money. Like we, we were really lucky. So um, we didn't actually know if we'd be able to take off this year, but we got super lucky this year. Um, so we were able to save enough. And we're, we're almost cheap. I would say frugal is probably a nicer word, but Connor and I are cheap. Like when we finally bought our camera for YouTube, we were both like, holy crap, like we could afford this. And like, why did we not do this before? You know, like, but yeah, it's helped us to be able to have those savings to be able to do this. So yeah, we don't have kids and we don't have a mortgage. So it's a bit easier. You're a furry baby. Yeah, we have a little furry. <laughs> well, speaking, speaking of your furry baby, your entire like thing is built around Pivo. It's sailing. Oh, Pivo. we love Pivo. Tell us more about like your puppy dog and sailing with a dog. And Ironically, she doesn't like sailing. She hates it. I know oh. it's too bad. Like we love it, and like when we're stopped, like at a mooring or if we drop anchor somewhere, she's perfectly happy. It's just when we're moving that she gets really stressed out. Yeah, but she gets she gets better every time, and she's kind of a scaredy cat. So Pivo is half Labrador and half Swedish Valhund, and the Swedish Valhund I think is part of the Corgi family. So she's uh, basically like a lab but with short legs, um, and. <laughs> I think, like, for one, we love her dog. And her name is Pivo. I don't know if you guys know that Pivo means beer in Russian. Oh, no. I love it. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> we should have known that, but no. But we do now. <laughs> yeah, so that's how much Connor and I like beer. <laughs> um, and since we both, like, we met in Ukraine and we both speak Russian, um, that's where, like, the name came from. But, yeah, so she's um, she just, like, we just love her. And we, it's basically like, our replacement for a child. And people, like, like that she's got short legs. Like, when everywhere we go, people are like, oh, look, it's a sausage dog. And like our vet calls her the short dog. They're like, we love short dog. Bring short dog in. So yeah, I don't know. She's just so funny and goofy, but yeah, she's, she's not super big fan of sailing, but she's, she's adjusting. Like your story is cool though, because like you had planned on going to Thailand. So maybe if someday you still plan on going to Thailand, you sail to Thailand, then sell your boat once you get there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Or don't don't be so angry yet. <laughs> too far ahead. Too far ahead. Exactly. <laughs> so how much time is spent like actually maybe what what some people would consider working in quotes because I don't know if you guys are considering your YouTube videos like working. So how much time is like kind of spent on creating those YouTube videos and how much time do you plan on spending once you're full time? Because you're still finishing up your jobs, correct? Yeah, we're still working. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, so I, I work until January. Um, so I'm trying just in the evenings to, to do some work on the videos, but I think it takes a couple hours per minute uh, to make a video, to yeah. edit it and put it together. Yeah, so they say an hour per minute to edit, and that doesn't include like filming or promotions or anything like that. So um, we made what, a 13 minute video, our most recent one. So that I think probably took like 20 hours to produce, edit, for uh, promote. Because we're working, like we have to set boundaries about how stressed we get. So this last one, like I definitely like wanted to maybe work on it a little longer, but we just have to set boundaries. Like, all right, it's time to, it's got to get out. Like, cause you, I mean, we want good quality, but we also like want to be consistent as well. So, but when we go full time, I think we'll probably spend a little more time on them, maybe like up to 40 hours a week, but I don't think we'd want to work more than that on the videos. So. Yeah, and then there's maintenance on the boat and, and all that stuff. So yeah, maintenance will take a lot of time. So. Good. It sounds like you have like a good kind of balance plan. I don't know. I'm thinking 40 hours a week might be too much, so you got to play more. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but part of playing, like when we're filming, we're still playing, right? <laughs> True. True. And that's interesting because we do a lot of filming, especially lately, we've been doing a lot of filming while we're biking. And that means we have to stop every now and then, although we have a GoPro now. But um yeah, it's still, to me though, I still feel like I'm playing when we're filming and stuff because I enjoy it and I like seeing it later, you know, that we filmed that and stuff. But yeah. you, you have to find those moments where it's just totally getting in the moment of, wee, this is fun, you know, and being that 12-year-old kid again and just yeah. zooming around having fun and not worrying about whether I got the shot or didn't get the shot. I found for me that it's a bit of a mindset, like, I, I was editing um, the other night and I was sitting there and I was kind of like, ah, oh, I'm still doing this. This sucks, you know? And then I was like, no, no, no. Like, actually, like, this is actually not like that bad. I actually really like making stories. I really like editing and I need to like stop getting that mindset where I have to be here. Like I can walk away. I can go and do something else. And then I sat there and I was like, do you want to walk away? And I was like, actually, no, like I actually do want to finish this and I just need to change my mindset to like enjoy it. So it's probably going to be harder for me than you because you're really good at enjoying yourself. But I'm like, I get like, I'm very much achievement goal oriented. And so I have to like remind myself to have fun. So, yeah. Oh, no, I'm just looking forward to exploring the creative side because I've, I've always been in spreadsheets and numbers and, and that's what I focused on in my career. Never really tried the creative side. So really excited to do that. And it doesn't feel like work. And as soon as it does feel like work, we need to take a little bit of a break. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> the, the whole point is to have an adventure. We have a motto, right? Our motto is protect the fun. That's the motto of our trip. We have yeah. mutually agreed on this, that we're protecting fun. Because people do not recharge enough. Like, what, when do we stop having fun and, like, enjoying it and protecting that and, like, just, like, enjoying life? Like, people aren't having as much fun anymore. It's like, no wonder we're stressed out. So we're definitely protecting the fun. That's a good way to think about it because, I mean, I think especially you guys being from the United States and us living in the United States, you know, we always hear about the rat race, right, and getting caught up in the rat race. And it's very true, even in just everyday life, because even when you're not at work, you're on your phone, you're checking emails, text messages, you're on Facebook, and people are yelling at each other, and it's just, uh, it's overwhelming, right? But like for me, like some of the eye openers are traveling because like when we traveled to, say, Italy, I mean, you go to some small village in the afternoon and the store or restaurant or something you were going to go to is shut down because it's 
time for them to take a siesta or whatever, right? Or, or whatever they call it. <laughs> I don't know how I said Italy. But same <laughs> thing in Mexico and, and other places too. I think a lot of other countries are better at, you know, get, getting the most out of life and not worrying about work, 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 work. Yeah. Well, we've had a couple of friends come visit us here in New Zealand and they've always said things along, along the lines of like, oh, you guys have like five weeks of vacation. Like, don't you like miss doing work or something like that? We're like, wait, what? Like, it's almost like, it almost like our lifestyle like confuses people. And we've like, as we've come forward with the sailing idea, like there's been a mix of people either being like super excited and instigating the idea, um, defensive, like this choice somehow is like offensive to their life or what appears to be like forced indifference. Like they won't give us like, oh, oh, that's not, it's not a cool thing you're doing. It's like, it's like whatever, you know? And it's been, it's almost always geared towards people who are like super workaholics. Like they're, that's all they do. And like us choosing to do this is like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like a threat, a way of life or something. Like, yeah, because we heard a lot of like, oh, I wish I could do that. Or, oh, I want to do that. Or you guys are so lucky. And they're like, well, you either really don't want to do this at this very moment, it's not time for you to do it, or no, you want to do something else, but not this, or whatever it is, or you would be doing it. Yeah. We're yeah. always searching for that excuse as to why they're not doing it, whatever it is. Yeah. And to be fair, like, I think there's other lives that, like, you can be, like, equally as happy with, but oh, yeah. having a defensive reaction to us makes me think that, like, there's something else there. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's that's the people that focus their entire lives on their careers. So if you just quit and throw that away, it's like, you know, challenges all their life decisions. I don't know. But most people are very excited and very supportive, I would say. I've decided it's not too early to have another one. <laughs> no. Well, Sacking up. Wait. 10.30 here? <laughs> all right. 10.30 at night. Yes, at night. Yeah, 10.30 at night, right? So it's, yeah, it's 2 in the morning where we're at. 1030 at night where you're here. <laughs> Just go with call it with the Utah time. You know, it's Friday afternoon. It's time for a beer. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> if I wasn't on a beer podcast, I'd regret this, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with a name like Sailing Pivo, now that we know that that's Russian for beer. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't need an excuse. You get your own excuse right on board. <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of, I was watching one of your videos and everybody else who's listening, make sure you get on, we'll put all that in the show notes for your YouTube channel. Make sure you guys get on and watch their videos. They're actually really good. But mm -hmm. I was watching oh. one of them <laughs> that you were doing a little tour of a boat and you showed like the freezer. And my first reaction was, damn, that's small. And then the next <laughs> one you open up, this is the refrigerator and you open it up. Do you, can you picture the video that I'm talking about? Yeah. What did you say when you opened up that tiny refrigerator? <laughs> this is where we're going to store our beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need fresh food. Screw that. We need fresh beer. <laughs> what was funny is I was telling Kenny that, and he's like, well, I want to know where they put their food. <laughs> yeah, that would be an adjustment, actually. We're going to live off of, like, dry bulk type food so we can be away from you know civilization for months on end so that's like you know beans and rice and chickpeas and lentils and, and stuff like that that stores easily and that you can make and do a lot of stuff so yeah. that's the food the, the beer that's got the the prime spot in the fridge <laughs> our meals will be taking a hit with this choice we kind of already mutually decided that i mean we like food food's great but we want to do this more and 
it's just not it's not easy to have good food on a boat so i think we'll probably be getting pretty creative with some dried food <laughs> interesting <laughs> so will you guys be docked a lot do you think i mean and like exploring new places and going out checking out restaurants and things and hiking. probably anchored because it's free to anchor if you dock okay. you have to pay a fee so we'll just anchor and we'll we'll take the dinghy to shore and explore and uh yeah we probably not too many restaurants but lots of exploring like towns and villages and, and cities hiking even better a lot of hiking. yeah a lot, of hiking. a lot of hiking yeah yeah the only issue though is um new zealand's quite strict to dogs because i don't know if you guys know this you probably would have seen this in one of our videos but um new zealand has no native mammals at all so they're all birds so um there's a lot of restrictions on mammals because they attack dogs or sorry attack birds and kiwi birds and all these flightless birds they have here so there's a lot of areas where people just can't go which really sucks but yeah well these short dog you can wrap her up like a little baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> actually i just heard about this certification that we can get where people will be allowed off leash places if we like get her kiwi bird certified where she will be not attracted to killing them so we might do that so yeah huh. cool who would have thought wow yeah. <laughs> i know like random kiwi things <laughs> do you have any like hilarious stories that have happened so far in your boat or just something that or maybe the not, you know not something like scary but just something that unknown or unexpected or that just makes you crack up maybe every time you yeah we went sailing recently um so like the old owner of the boat um dale is awesome his name's dale sorry and he's 72 year old guy and he's like reassured us over and over the boat is like super ocean worthy like he has these crazy stories of coming in new zealand so new zealand's some of the hardest waters in the world to enter because there's like a 200 kilometer weather craziness that makes it really hard to sail in anyways so we know the boat was ocean worthy um but we went out on the boat one day and it was like super windy super huge waves and um we're still learning how to handle those big waves so you just have gotten all weather to like learn how to handle the boat but we were like sailing down or sorry we were surfing down a wave sideways and the boat is like completely tipped <laughs> over and there's like probably two meter waves and it's just like our dinghy's like hopping from wave to wave behind us. So a dinghy's like a little car that you pull behind your boat so you can like get places. And it's like jumping waves. That's how big the waves were. And I look at Connor and his face is just like lit up, like thrilled. And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> we're like surfing down the wave. And we kind of look at each other and we're both like, cool. Turns out the boat can handle this. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing. <laughs> but like we were tipped over. Like I, I wish people could see the angle. Like we were fully tipped over and like it wasn't, it was fine. Like the boat was completely fine. And we're all just holding on. Just, yeah. It was, it was very thrilling. <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of thrilling uh, experiences just learning, like <laughs> learning how to get everything working, getting the sails up. And then we, we bring, our friends along every now and then i feel bad because it's like they don't know what to expect and we don't know what we're doing and they're just assuming that we do and then they get seasick or then like something happens and yeah oh yeah we almost sunk the dinghy last weekend yeah no. <laughs> oh yeah yeah so we had three people on it and, and it's a pretty small dinghy we, we upgraded since then but waves are crashing over filled up with water and the dinghy was going down so like we were sinking 
So we, we went by another boat that was just moored and, and nobody was on it. So Daniela jumped off and got on a random boat. We just barely made it back to our boat. And, and I was screaming to the person on, on our boat saying, hey, grab a bucket. And they thought we were joking. Like, ha ha. Like, oh, bucket. Like, no, no, really. Like, really? please. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then, then after that, they didn't trust us because they were like, you don't know how to use your dinghy. How are you going to know how to use your sailboat? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but we're, I, we're, we're a mix of, like, really, really safety conscious when we're sailing and then a little bit of, like, dumb when it comes to our dinghy because the dinghy's, like, I mean, it's it's disposable in some ways, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can trust us. <laughs> hey, i got to grab another beer. Okay. Yeah, break. Uh, yeah, what did you share with me? I can't believe we're drinking two beers. It's early in the morning. Well, this is this is really good. Like when we were in Ukraine, um, I'd have some meetings in the morning, and they'd bust out cognac and vodka. Oh. So, like having a beer in the morning is not not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> Ukraine was a lot more brutal. Like if you turn down alcohol, there's like a saying in Russian, like don't someone don't trust someone who won't get drunk with you. And I remember like walking into like this teacher seminar or whatever, like between classes, it was like 10 a.m. And they're like, all right, shots of vodka. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, I took a shot of vodka. And I was like, okay, well that's, you know, I'll probably be fine. No, they busted out another shot. It was like, seriously, 10 a.m. I was like, what the heck? Oh, and like, oh. Yeah, and I was like, I tried turning it down and they were like super pressurizing. And like, I'm sure people are like, oh, why don't you just not have it? It just doesn't work like that. Like you can't turn down alcohol in Ukraine. Like you would never get people's trust. You'd never do projects. You'd never be successful. So yeah. yeah. That culture piece, you gotta know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, what was the most difficult thing for you guys when you started your adventure? Most difficult thing. Paying for RV parks. <laughs> that was the most difficult thing? Yeah, it's painful to pay for RV parks because we know that we can do dispersed camping, like coming from Colorado, you know, all, when we were always tent camping and stuff growing up and, and with our kids and stuff. Not in campgrounds. And yeah, not in campgrounds. We were tent camping yeah. off of dispersed land and stuff like that. And uh, when we moved into the RV, I mean, paying every single night for a spot is probably the same as you guys having to pay to dock your boat somewhere um, every single night. It gets pretty expensive pretty quick. And right out of the gate, we went to the East Coast. That was one of the first yeah. things we did. When I we remember that. Yeah. And then you went up to like Maine or something, right? Yes. Yeah. Around that area. Yeah. And it wasn't bad going through the Midwest and getting up into Maine, but then coming down the East Coast, it is so hard to find somewhere to just like BLM land doesn't really exist out there. And that's what we normally like to do most of the time. Like where we're at now while we're doing this, we're on just, you know, federal land where we can go out and go mountain biking and we can just park for up to like 14 days that yeah. and learning how to fix things because <laughs> yeah. yeah, i'm not you. the most mechanical guy in the world just breaking down and trying to figure that out just a few days ago we totally like are we're in the middle of nowhere five oh, miles geez. off of this washboard dirt road that took us 40 minutes to get into five miles <laughs> yeah it's right next to these huge sand dunes it was a really cool place to stay and for some reason we didn't run our generator enough to charge all of our batteries and stuff so we we're getting ready to leave and he puts the key in the ignition and starts it and nothing and we're like oh, oh shit oh no nobody nobody's around people have been there like on and off almost all day but it was like 3 30 so the sun's getting ready to set 
nobody around. He calls our brother-in-law and he's like, well, can I do this to, to jumpstart a battery? We have cables. Can I do this and kind of this? And Joe's like, don't you have a thing that you can just, you know, charge your battery? Like a, what's it called? Just like a portable jump starter. I mean, they're like 50 bucks now yeah. or 60 bucks. And no, we haven't bought one of those he's like, yet. For no. And then reason. Joe's like, well, then why the hell are you in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, I was literally asking him. I'm like, I have a power drill. It's an 18 volt battery. Is there a way I can like use that to jump my <laughs> battery? Can I MacGyver this together? All this is like, I grew up in a household. So there's seven of us. I'm in the middle of seven, a big family. And my mom was always doing DIY projects. She like fixed up my entire house. And it taught me that like, you can pretty much Google anything. But yeah. I think that like you've probably grown up a little bit differently, like that resourcefulness or like knowing that you can just fix things like, or believing that you have the ability, like has it been a little bit different for you? So like this whole, like being on the boat and like, there's so much we've already had to fix. Like you just kind of realize that you're like capable. Like even if you don't have like the skill inherently and there's like, mm -hmm. you know, there's been mistakes that we've made um but yeah like you can figure it out so yeah yeah most of the time yeah. <laughs> most people not everyone can do that by the way <laughs> i usually say it takes me like 10 times longer than somebody who, like our brother-in-law the one i called is like he just can look at things and just somehow it works in his brain and he can figure these things out but i have to google it or youtube or whatever and then i watch it 10 times and then i think it through and i look at it and I take pictures and I film it and then I'm like, yeah. okay, now I can fix it. <laughs> but next time it'll be super easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So speaking uh, of uh, with like um, the things that you can figure out and you can do, but it made me think of like people, what have you guys, have you guys come across like how people react to you or how people are different when you're traveling or like, do you have a differing opinion of people? And you guys have traveled like all over the world too. So has that said yeah. something to you or like, do you get this kind of overall message about people in general? Um, I think, yeah, like travelers, there's like a unspoken kind of bond really, especially like in a very isolated foreign location, you just kind of have each other's backs. And, and that's kind of what I like about the sailing community is no matter where you go, if you have a problem, you just jump on the radio and someone will be out there and they'll respond and they'll come help you out. But it comes at a price, you have to do that too. <laughs> like, right, right. You'd be in the middle of something and you have to drop what you're doing to go help someone. Because oh, I yeah. mean, you're, you're all you've got out there. So you've got to like, you could be in some hairy situations um, and have to go help someone out. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it's been interesting. Like every country we go to is so different. Like. And New Zealand's probably been, I think, one of the most interesting countries we've been to. Like, so I don't know if you guys ever like done a Myers Briggs like personality test. Have you? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I haven't done it. Yeah. So um, the I guess on the website, if you go to, like 16 personalities something like that, we'll do like 60% um, of the world is extrovert and 40% of the world is introvert on average. Um, but in New Zealand, it's like 70% is introverted and 30% is extroverted. So as a result, like it's been, it's been very hard to find a community in New Zealand um, because it's so, yeah, because it's so introverted. Like everyone has their, their crowd here and like the expats kind of bond and we, you get along with other expats that are here, but everyone's kind of trying to make it. Like we have um, some Argentinian friends that are here and they're really, really great. But like, you know, we're all trying to like work towards like getting a house or like doing things. So like everyone has like limited time to like, you know, build a community here. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, 
been it's been interesting being here because I think most countries that I've been to have been pretty extroverted and it's been easy to find our crowd but New Zealand hasn't and we've never experienced this before so yeah although we, we definitely have found our crowd lately um we, we like I said we had a little party last night and it was so much yeah, fun so right before we leave yeah, yeah no, that always happens <laughs> just means you have a crowd to come back to Yep. Yeah, yeah, we do love our friends. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. But they're like all over the place. South Africans, we've got Argentinians, and I don't know, all over the place. Well, and I can't even imagine like, because because I know we've definitely expanded our circle so much, being in the RV and traveling just around the United States, um, and a little bit of Mexico, but uh, yeah, I can't imagine like on the boat the different places you'll go and just you know, I'm sure you're going to meet all kinds of people and make all kinds of new friends. And now you'll have that like, Hey, next time you're driving your boat along the Island, stop and come in and you got to play comes crashing my spare bedroom <laughs> or, or whatever. My spare birth. <laughs> yeah. A birth is a bedroom kind of. <laughs> nice. Um, so I know you're getting ready to sail full time, but you've been in New Zealand for a while. Are there any like good breweries there, or like do you have a favorite place? Oh like, yeah, to go or that's a really oh, yeah. We do like our beer. Well, like New Zealand, they have hops like really, really good hops. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mean, like they pour their hops everywhere, so they're pretty well known. But IPAs um, are are still in their infancy, in my opinion. Like I yeah. know some New Zealand friends that would be very upset with me saying that yeah they're, they're very defensive um, of their beers but, so sorry, sorry our kiwi friends but they're they don't have the, the range of beers they have in the u.s yeah really About 10 years behind i think yeah okay. some really good beers like garage project yeah beer. garage project's great they do a wide range not always good beers but i like a beer a brewery that will always or have bad beers as well because that yeah. means they're trying things they take chances they have like a green tea beer that is really good actually like Stuff okay. that like you have to be a little bit brave to try. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not common and they're they're down to try anything, brew anything, and they're not out for money, they're just out to find a good beer. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really good to see. We have two breweries within like walking distance of our house, which is nice. I okay. used to have like but you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Just kidding>. timber, <laughs> you throw a stone in any direction. <laughs> like burn, burn. <laughs> Uh, we have Good George, which is a new one that came by. They're pretty good. Their their beers are really good, but very like um, just like average beer that you'd get, like a Pilsner or an IPA. Like there's nothing like um, you know exploratory about what they're doing, but they're good beers. Good George, and then Brothers Beer, which is probably like the fastest growing brewery around here. But the favorite thing is this place called Beer Spot, and they're expanding all around New Zealand, and they. Basically, their thing is to do uh, only beers from New Zealand, and they don't brew themselves, but they'll have like 50 beers on tap. Um, and it's pretty, like it's new in New Zealand. Like we would have that like all over the place in um, Colorado, but here it's new. Uh, that's cool. That's a cool place to go. Favorite types of beers? You guys are drinking IPAs and APAs right now. What do you guys really yeah, like? Yeah, we all like our hops. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like a good IPA, but yeah, sour every now and then. It's pretty good. Um, a stout beer, a nice uh, milk stout. Yeah, really... I do miss left hand milk stout. That was a good beer. Yeah, left hand. <laughs> nice. The OG. You don't see that much stuff on my draw. The yeah, left hand is like the OG of milk stouts. I think. Uh huh. Anywhere. Yeah. Period. So good. Do you get sours much down there? Or do, are they exploring the sour side of things very much? 
There's some because there's so many vineyards here that they use some of the okay. the wine uh, casks and stuff. Uh, but not it's not very big yet. They're just getting into it now. So New Zealand is small, but it's not that small. Where is your home base in New Zealand? Is it Auckland? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Only about five million people. It's the same landmass size as Colorado, and almost the same population. So Colorado has five point six million, and uh, New Zealand has five million people. Okay. Wow. Give me more questions. Yeah. I have one more. No, go for okay. it. Okay, so we are talking to you guys. Um, like I said, no, it's November, um, but you're getting ready to head out full time on your sale on sailing in January. Um, so we're excited to hear more about that. So we are also going to be, I don't know, calling you guys and doing another podcast. You know, at least six months from now, maybe even a little bit later, but like to see kind of how it's going, like what's been going on and all that. So where do you actually see yourself as in the sailing world, the full-time sailing life? Where do you see yourself in six months? Well, in, in six months, like, so you're kind of limited to the trade winds a little bit. So there, there's a weather window that opens up in May. So we, we've organized our entire trip and plan around these weather windows. So in May, we'll have the option to either go up to Fiji or Tonga or over to Australia. So six months from now, we should be getting ready for a one or two week passage. So that, that'll, be, that'll be intense for yeah. us. Um, yeah. I mean, just casting alliance, losing sight of land and, and just going like for weeks on end like being completely self-sustained and making it to landfall like yeah. thousand miles away. That's going to be, that's where I hope we are in six months. <laughs> I think also like we'll from a skill level, like I think we'll feel more confident in like, well, for example, we went anchoring over um, Labor Day weekend, our, our Labor Day weekend. And um, we, when we anchored, we were like super scared that we were too close to rocks. And then when you, it's always funny because when you get in your dinghy, because your dinghy is so small and you start like going to shore with it, you start realizing how far you are. And then you start like laughing at yourself because you were so panicky when you were anchoring. You're like, oh, we're too close to the rocks, you know? And actually you're out in the middle of nowhere. Like you're like so far from land that it's like kind of a pain to get to the land, you know? And so I think we're looking forward to like knowing those things like being comfortable and like not having to worry so much like we're super worried about anchoring in like 30 knots of wind which is like what 45 kilometers per hour wind and like we we're really scared about those kind of things but it's gonna happen like we're gonna have to at some point anchor in a lot of wind and we're gonna have to be okay with it and i think probably the first couple of times we're probably gonna be like waking up constantly but after a while we'll be more comfortable with those things and i think we're both really looking forward to like not worrying all the time like having a little more confidence in our skill level um and full time will get us there like once we start in january we're going to be on this steep hella awesome <laughs> hella crazy lots of beer learning curve <laughs> yeah i mean at the moment we don't know what we don't know and that is really actually a bit dangerous because yeah. you, you drop an anchor and you go to sleep but, you know, the anchor can drag and you can wake up and find yourself in a very dangerous situation. Um, so we're just doing everything we can not to make any critical mistakes. Um, yeah. But I, I think we're doing okay so far. Yeah, yeah. I think we're, I, people who have come on board and who have sailed before have said that we're on the cautious end of things. So I think I'm personally feeling pretty confident that, like, at least we know to be cautious. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. What's the weather like generally in New Zealand where you're at and around the 50 to 65 degrees basically year round? Okay. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. 
I mean, it gets up to 80 in the summer, but for the most part, it's pretty constant. Yeah, 16. very temperate. Well, on the North Island, the South Island's a different story. Okay. Um, but okay. it does get really windy. Like, I think Wellington, which is the capital of New Zealand on the bottom of the North Island, is the windiest or second windiest city in the world. Um, so a shit ton of wind. So you that part we have to be pretty careful about because we're limited our capabilities probably around 25 knots um and if it's above that then we're like past our skill level so yeah right now right now, right now. <laughs> yeah i like okay, your one confidence more, one more question how many youtube subscribers will you have in six months <laughs> i've done the math i could actually tell you okay because I'm, I'm super like <laughs> I'm a project manager, so yeah. I think we we've put our milestone for a thousand subscribers by um, May, which, to be honest, I think might actually happen faster than that. But compared to other channels that have grown at the rate that we're growing, we'll get a thousand by May. So cool. So, what do you think is the secret to building YouTube so far? I'm like, you're like, I mean, I know you have a little bit, a little bit of knowledge happening and a little bit of limited knowledge too. But like, what do you think is the secret? Keywords. Yes, keywords are the key. Well, you got to have keywords and good content. You can't have one or the other. But yeah, um, keywords, like, it's funny. We have, like, we've looked at a couple other channels that are, like, been around for years and they have pretty good content. But like, when you look in their descriptions or their tags or whatever, they've got, like, no good tags. Um, so having, like, really good keywords and tags is, like, really key. But then also, like, I've been learning how to make video through my work. Um, so like learning how to actually like make good content has, I think helped a lot. And then we have a pretty good support system. Like I think, cause when I, when we went to Peace Corps, like there were things that we were trying to do that required a crowd that like we were trying to fundraise and do things like that, but we didn't really have the networks. Um, and now we've been lucky enough to have like networks, not just in New Zealand, but in the U S we have some friends in Russia and Sweden, stuff like that, who can also like look at our content and they're like really good friends. So having that network, I think is helping a lot as well. Cool. You, um, sorry, I know we have some business people who listen to us too, especially like RV, like entrepreneurs and travel or entrepreneurs and stuff, but you also have a Pinterest. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you think that helps at all? Do you think that helps at all? We've heard so much about Pinterest. You have to have Pinterest. You have to have Pinterest. Do you think that? Uh, it helped a lot in the beginning. We were getting about 9% of our views from Pinterest. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's helping less now. Reddit has definitely taken over. So we started a Reddit account and Reddit is like, Awesome. If you want to promote YouTube content, you should get on Reddit. It took a little while for me to figure out how to use it because it's like very much like a, do you guys use Reddit at all? No. You do? Yeah, I would recommend it. Reddit's great. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to kind of build a reputation for participating before you start promoting your content. But once you start getting that reputation and you can promote your content, like we get hundreds of views from Reddit. So totally wow. worth your time. Reddit's great. And we also use Instagram and Facebook. Um, but I think probably our primary source is Facebook. Like 80% of our views come from Facebook. So cool. speaking of, how do people find you? <laughs> <laughs> We're at Sailing Pivo. It's not Pivo. People think Pivo. P-I-V-O. Um, so at Sailing Pivo on all of our platforms. So Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Reddit, all of them. <laughs> yeah, YouTube, definitely YouTube. Go there. 
Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm all right. Good. So we're in the United States. You guys are in New Zealand. You also speak Russian. What what language should we use to say cheers? <laughs> well, we could use English. <laughs> I want to know Russian because I know a lot of different ones like Slancha and all these other things, but I don't know Russian. I don't know what you say in Russia. So it's a Nazdrobia. 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 It means to good health. Nazdrobia. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. If you're not impressed with these two just from listening to them from Matt, think about it this way. Most people who learn another language would learn like Spanish or Italian or something or French, which, you know, by, I don't know, they probably speak those languages too. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but these guys like speak Russian. <laughs> so... If for some reason you're not impressed with their um, get up and go and everything that they want to do to follow their dreams, I don't know, kind of be impressed that they can speak Russian. <laughs> I mean, I know on the podcast they didn't do a whole lot of speaking it besides Nastrovia, but still. And Pivo. And Pivo. Totally true. Pivo is Russian too. Beer. Really. Like, <laughs> I don't know. This should be your like inspiration to get out there and take on the new year with everything you got. Put your heart, blood, soul, sweat, tears into it. Live a life you love. Yeah, learn some Mandarin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Another difficult language. How about some Arabic? Eesh. Learn all the hard languages. Yeah, why not? I wouldn't put it past these two. No, I wouldn't put it past them, but you can put it past <laughs> me because I'm not learning all the hard languages. So they're also going to learn all the hard languages, but you know they're also like great people because they're craft beer fans. Like you heard them talking about the refrigerator and how their tiny ass refrigerator in the <laughs> boat is just for beer and how they're going to eat freeze dried food instead to save room for beer. And then, <laughs> and then like, you know, being willing to drink like really good beers from like New Zealand. I can't think it was like Wellington area, the breweries they were talking about in Auckland area. Oh, gosh, and they're yeah. drinking, because we recorded the podcast, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning for them and they're drinking a couple beers and they're like, yeah. hell yeah, because if this is a craft beer podcast, I'm drinking a beer. Speaking of drinking a beer, I think you should grab one. You guys, you, your listeners, not Kenny, he already has one. Oh, hell listeners, yeah, I got a beer. Yeah. Grab a beer. And Wait, people listen to this without drinking beer? Grab your uh, your next beer. <laughs> Grab your next beer. Send us a note. Tell us what you're drinking. Um, go to YouTube after you're done watching, after you're done listening to this. Go to YouTube. Go to Sailing Pivo. And even if you really don't have an interest in sailing full-time or sailing at all or moving on to an RV or doing anything like that, period, at all, like your their videos are fun and interesting to watch. And just even watching Pivo, their dog, is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, their videos are really good. I just said They've that. They've done a great job. They're entertaining. Yes, you did, but I have to repeat you. I know. Because if I'm not repeating myself, I have to repeat you. Okay. You guys know that. Okay. But yeah, I mean, their videos are excellent and there are a few like sailing specific ones, like how-to kind of things or something, but they have some a, a lot of videos that are just their lifestyle and they're, they're really entertaining. But each too. of their, that's what's really cool about their videos though, is they put yeah. in pieces in, of history of like New Zealand or they'll tell you about um, the areas that they're at. It's not just about sailing. It's about yeah what they're doing, how they're doing it and their beautiful country that they're living in. I can't wait to see some of the stuff they get when... The, some of the videos they come up with are going to be really cool when they're like out on the open water and stuff and filming and like things are shit's going sideways maybe a little bit and <laughs> that's going to be fun. I mean, I don't want things to go really sideways for them, but they're on a boat. They should not be <laughs> sideways. This is true. They've already been there, done that. 
That's true. That's true. No more sideways on the boat. Okay. I will okay. I will remove sideways from my vocabulary while talking about sailing Pivo. So, yeah. I don't know. We wish them all the luck in the world. And like you guys heard on the podcast, too, earlier when we were talking to them, we'll be talking to them again in, like, I don't know, in the next six to eight months to yeah. find out, like, how their full-time life is going. Let them um, get their sea legs. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to see, like, how it went. So hopefully you guys are, too. I totally am. Yeah. I know that. It's going to be cool. And I'm waiting for the day where we can sit on their sailboat and have a beer with them. Dude, that's going to be awesome. In New Zealand? Hell yeah. Or maybe Fiji or Australia because they sailed somewhere else. It won't be in six months. No. Or but... even eight months probably. But maybe that we'll have to do a third podcast where no. we're sitting on the boat. That's it. So cheers to making it happen where we're sitting on the boat talking to them for the third podcast. The trilogy. All right. Cheers to the trilogy. Oh, that was a pretty one. Ooh, that was pretty. That was so good that you know if you're not subscribing, you're going to subscribe now. And if you're already a subscriber, leave us a review. If you've let us, left us a review, you know, maybe jump on our podcast page on our website and leave us a donation. Buy us a beer. Cool. But regardless, just have a good life. Live it. Have fun. Maybe buy a sailboat or an RV or whatever you want. Whatever you want. Okay. Stay human, baby. (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Camp Carpe Diem, the coolest adult camp ever, where you'll come to explore your interests, find your tribe, all at Ure, Colorado, October 2021. For all the information and to come hang out with us, go to campcarpediem.com. That's C-A-M-P. C-A-R-P-E-D-I-E-M dot com. We're going to get giddy in October. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer, travel, and adventure lifestyle needs.